Okay, we're back for another Coffee Clutch. Thank you for the coffee, Heather. Thank you for the invitation. Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, this has been a pretty eventful week. Uh, what did you think of the hearing so far? Number three. I mean, so very important information put forth. Things we kind of knew, things we didn't know, things we have more information about. It was a little snoozier. I think, in terms of keeping people captive. I thought so, too. I, I, I was totally glued to you know, my, uh, my computer, my screen uh, during these hearings. Uh, but it, wasn't, it didn't quite have the drama. Uh, I don't think, uh, certainly not as many people watched, but the news media did take it up. And everything has been, again, ricocheting around uh, social media, around around media, around the country. Uh, and uh, many people are talking about this uh, you know, in much more detail, which is exactly the right thing. The big question, of course, is whether any of this matters in terms of uh, Merrick Garland ultimately prosecuting Donald Trump. Right. Will we, I mean, what do we think? Is there movement? What's going to happen? Well, I was interested this week. Uh, there was evidence, I mean, first of all, the committee chairman, Benny Thompson, said, uh, quote, it's not our job to make a criminal referral uh, of all the evidence we have once we get all our evidence to the Justice Department, assume that there, uh, there is finding of a, of a crime or potential crime. But saying it's not our job, mm-hmm. I thought was interesting and a little bit troubling. Liz Cheney, vice chairman, you know, came right back and say, we haven't made a decision about a criminal referral. Now, the Justice Department Department doesn't need a criminal referral, obviously. The Justice Department can do what it wants to do. But I was also a little bit concerned uh, on learning that the Justice Department has now made two requests to the committee for transcripts of all of the witnesses they've had, and the committee has said no to the Justice Department. Why is that? Well, the committee and uh, Congress, you know, they want to keep this barrier between, and it's an understandable barrier, it's an important barrier between the political branch and the Justice Department, just like the Justice Department has to keep that boundary, uh, because people need to understand that prosecutorial decision-making is not political. But at the same time, hell, I mean, the committee is is finding things out and the Justice Department and uh, the prosecutors ought to have whatever the committee is finding out as fast as possible. So I don't quite get it. I don't get that part either. In terms of finding things out, Ginny Thomas. Ginny Thomas. What is happening or not happening? Well, look at here's the, the connection. I mean, John Eastman, uh, who is this weird, bonkers, malevolent force coming up with this crazy theory that Mike Pence, uh, as pre- vice president, didn't have to certify uh, when uh, obviously every vice president has certified all the Electoral College votes. Uh, where did John Eastman come from? John Eastman was a clerk to Clarence Thomas, a law clerk to Clarence Thomas in the early 1990s. And Ginny Thomas, who is this right-wing activist, uh, who immediately after the election apparently was sending emails to 127 uh, lawmakers in Arizona and who knows how, who knows how many other lawmakers around the country, state lawmakers, and at the same time sending memos to Mark Meadows, chief of staff. Right. She also was in contact with John Eastman 
at the same time. And it, it's clear, John Eastman, through Ginny Thomas, maybe through Clarence Thomas, uh, got to the White House and then presented his crazy theory. And immediately, Meadows presented that crazy theory to Trump. And Trump went, whoa, great, another crazy theory. It's fascinating. So not elected, not no, appointed. No, no, he's not. This is a. This is just somebody but out there. So, in, so what a critically important position. Well, it's or not it's, something. Well, John Eastman has. He's not. But the what? point is, he's. This is like Rudy Giuliani. Right. You know, you have you have this narcissistic psychotic in the White House who is is pulling in just by osmosis right. all of these crazies uh, to help him. It, particularly during this period of time, as the so-called normals in right. the White House. I love this new, you know, this new coinage of these terms. Right. That there's team normal. Right. Uh, or as, uh, who is it? Uh, Cottle in the New York Times said it's really team cowardice because they did not, they right. did nothing, but they were cowards, but they were normal relative to the crazies yeah. uh, like, uh, like Giuliani and Eastman. Right. Uh, uh, and let's, uh, let's be specific about that term because some people, you know, it's a, it can be a loaded term for people with mental health stuff. But the point is people are playing within the system and this and no, following something known as truth. And then it feels like people are outside of a system saluting to, disinfor to disinformation and I would say the irrational. Yes, that's right. And the only reason I, I use the term narcissistic, narcissistic, narcissistic psychosis, if I can get the term out, is that a, a psychotic really... Uh, is not in touch with reality. Right. I mean, that's this is not in any way. This is not in any right. way politically incorrect. Uh, and but it's clear that that Trump was not in touch with reality. Maybe he never has been. Right. But uh, he, uh, and I suppose this goes right back to his childhood, is actually unable to think of losing. He's unable to even comprehend a loss, and that's what happened. I mean, right. and that's why these people are attracted to this crazy person in the White right. House. Uh, it's a very chilling, frightening time. And what the committee is doing is making it all much more specific, more believable, bringing in. I mean, I, I think that to watch people who were in the White House at the time talk about what they knew, what Trump knew, what they were telling Trump, uh, that there's nothing to this uh, this theory that vice president has no ability to do this. Right. Um, and, and Trump is not capable of even hearing that. He doesn't want to hear that. No. And then what's interesting is, so I have some conservative friends, family, family. And you have conservative family? Yes. And so it's interesting to some, to talk to some people about what's happening now. And I think what Trump has done a little bit, unfortunately, is validate that Ignoring the truth is just fine, or that there's every there, there are different truths, right? Uh, and that you know there's there's you can choose your truth, right? Um, it's so interesting, but it's like yeah, no, we know all the stuff. We know that he lied. Also, it doesn't matter. How can those sentences be said at the same time? Well, if there's huge cognitive dissonance right. because so many people have invested so much of their effort, energy, time, imagination in believing Donald Trump, that you can't just have a hearing and see uh, the former Attorney General Barr say, look, there's nothing to this notion that the election was stolen, uh, and, and, and have that cognitive dissonance disappear. Uh, a lot of people have an investment in that, and I think it's going to yes. take, well, who knows, Heather, it could take 
a dozen years. It could take a generation. Maybe a lot of people in this country uh, will simply go through their entire lives believing that the election was stolen. But at the margin, you have a lot of people who are, whether they're politically independent or they're Republicans who never quite were comfortable with Trump, a lot of them may start coming around to reality. Please. I'm praying. I'm speaking, you know, speaking of reality. I mean, a lot of people are thinking about other things this week, um, like the, the, melt- economy? <laughs> the economy. So, yes. Yeah, so you have so- talked a little bit about the- a lot going on at once, by the way. But so three quarters of a percentage point. The yeah. Fed the, and the, Powell, the, tell us. The Fed increased interest rates. It's the largest single interest rate increase since 1994. Uh, but it's uh, it's also in response to you know this runaway inflation. We hear last Friday uh, that uh, the inflation numbers for May were just out of control. They were worse than they were in April. Um, and that gets a lot of people, obviously, very, very nervous. So the Fed... Uh, understanding that its job is to fight inflation, raise interest rates uh, in the hope and expectation that that will slow the economy and not slow it so much that we go into a recession. Right. Uh, the real cloud hanging over all of this is what happened in the early 1980s. Because in the early 1980s, we had huge inflation. The Fed stepped in uh, and it brought on a very deep recession by raising interest rates too much. You, you see, you, 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 you just, the Fed has no, it's not scientific uh, in the sense that you don't know until it's too late if you've overshot. Mm. And that's what I'm worried about. Right. Um, uh, particularly because I, I don't think that this is a typical kind of inflation. That uh, was my is, next question. Yeah, no, no. This inflation is brought about by the pandemic being over, a lot of pent up demand after the pandemic. Uh, you've got a lot of people around the world who have, you know, have some uh, some savings and, and pent up demand. And the supply system is is really still very, very much uh, trying to catch up to that demand. Uh, that's the major factor. And then on top of that, you've got companies using inflation as a, a way of covering up their own price increases uh, that are even higher than their cost increases. Uh, and they can do that because there's not very much competition. They're, they're too much. Um, and one know. great example that I keep seeing, and we've used it as well, is the cost of oil versus the cost of gas, right? So how much is a barrel? And so it was cheaper, actually, 15 years ago. Well, the, the, the reality is that these companies, particularly ExxonMobil and Chevron, the big American companies, uh, are pocketing more profits now than ever before. Right. And certainly, you know, it's, a, it's, it's not only record profits, but it's record relative to even last year. Right. Uh, and yet the price of gas at the pump continues to soar. Right. I don't know about you, but I filled up my car yesterday and uh, to fill up my little Mini Cooper. Right. Hello, Mini Cooper. I bought it so it would not be a gas right. guzzler. It was $75. Wow. Yeah. I mean- well, we'd be derelict too in not mentioning Putin's war is also one other. We didn't, well, that, of course, we didn't the, mention yeah, that. Putin's war uh, has, has certainly increased energy prices and food prices uh, after the fact. That is, inflation started before Putin's war. Uh, but that's another factor. Yeah. Uh, but the Fed, the point is that the Fed raising interest rates is really not going to affect much of this at all. Uh, and uh, if you do any kind of a weighing of costs, the cost of a 
probable recession hitting a lot of very vulnerable people in this country relative to the benefits of doing something about inflation, which are very marginal. Right. Uh, I loved what you said in their Substack this week. It's like putting a febrile person, a person with a fever into a freezer and saying, okay, this is going to fix it. Yeah, it's well. It may fix it, but you might somebody <laughs> well, right. might, might die in the, in the die in the process. It's it's really uh, it's extremely disturbing, and it's one of those things, Heather, because you know, I it just frankly pisses me off. I mean, wow. it's not necessary, and we have people are suffering enough. Uh, there's enough going on, yeah. and uh, it's yeah. just uh, I don't know about you. I'm losing things. I lost my wallet yesterday for a half an hour. Didn't know where it was. Keys. It's not just age. I, no. I think it's it's just being distracted right. by everything. That's what I keep telling myself too. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, what are you going to do this weekend? Oh, so tomorrow Sunday is I have been invited to a solstice celebration. A solstice. Yes. So what do you do in a solstice celebration? What I is a solstice celebration? A solstice. I don't. It has to do with the Earth and the Sun and the Moon and the stars. Clearly, I'm, I'm ready for this. This is, this is Berkeley. I think it's Berkeley. Ber- it is Berkeley. I think I'm going to eat something and drink something and have you been to play one ping before? pong? There's a ping pong table. You, in this cl- one. you keep your clothes on. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not promising I, that. I'm, I'm not really interested in this at all. I mean, I'm interested in you going to this. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not you're gonna not going to go. I'm definitely. Well, not what are you go. doing? Anything? I, I'm doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely Ooh. nothing. I'm not celebrating solstice, and um, I, I I've discovered my my inner um, kind of uh, what would you call it uh, introvert. My oh. inner introvert, and it started last started two years ago. It started at the beginning of this whole pandemic. You know when I stopped seeing very many people. Mm-hmm. I like it. Oh, no, that's Is good. That no, I don't. But will think you that's good. also will you detach from? Twitter and the computer, when you do a weekend of nothing, yeah. is there actual pockets of nothing or are you tethered well, to the ether of the internet? Well, I'm not. There, When you mean pockets of nothing? <laughs> I mean, what do, does you, that mean, do you pockets? read a book in the sun? Do you? I, I do. I, I'm reading. Yeah. I'm yeah. reading um, uh, and I'm, you know, I, I, I do other do. things, but I, I, I do find that I am too tethered yeah. to the internet. You too? Of course. Yeah. Most of us are. Yeah. As we speak to our screens for people yeah. going to listen. All of you out there, uh, just, you know, don't get untether yourself from Substack. We love you. And uh, Heather, thank you. Have a great week. All of you out there, have a great and safe week. Bye-bye.